from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Si, senor. Dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. Hey, everybody. Today, midweek Wednesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Jim Crow. Whether on steroids or not. Jim Crow's recent year analysis came back negative for steroids, but I don't believe it. (laughs) Jim Crow's on performance-enhancing racism. I am not going... To let this go. I have yet another jihad. This makes at least 13. I will not forget nor forgive people who are minimizing the horrors of the Jim Crow era of our nation's history to make minor, performative, dumbass political points. I won't forgive. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Bottom. Yeah. There we go. Big finish. I just started reading, listening to, same thing, the uh, Foner, F-O-N-E-R book about Reconstruction. Tim Sandifer had recommended it many times. The Second Founding. Uh, Reconstruction may be the least appreciated period of our nation's history, where uh, the author Foner makes the argument that we like practically started over uh, with the refounding of this nation. Um. And then went many, many, many steps backwards. And that's what all the Jim Crow stuff is about. And it's really fascinating. And it's a dark period. Man, it's really ugly. Parts of the country just just really, really, really super ugly. And, of course, that's what uh, Joe Biden was minimizing yesterday. And we'll talk more about that later um, by acting like we're there again. Come the frig on. Yeah, just ridiculous. Well, we got plenty and, on and, that. And horrible. We got plenty on that. If you haven't heard it, you're going to be amazed. I just heard an amazing stat. The numbers are in for 2021. Consumer prices were up 7% last year. Yikes. Did you get a 7% raise? No. No, you didn't. So you took a pay cut, just like I did, of probably 7%, which is a pretty big pay cut. That's a very big pay cut because you're making the, you get it, right? You're making the same amount of money, but everything costs 7% more. So you took a pay cut. Well, and depending on your lifestyle, that seven percent is a an average. It's a uh, you know crushing of everything into the same pot, then measuring the inflation for a lot of essentials like food, for instance, and and energy, fuel, uh, your your gas to get to and from work. Uh, those numbers are up significantly more. So you know the the least uh, able among us to absorb a shot like that are getting hit the hardest. It's yeah. Rough. Yeah, and I, I, I think we talked about some of the polling that is out there of what issues people are paying the most attention to, which is another interesting aspect of what uh, Joe was just referring to. It ain't voting rights. That's what's not on most people's mind right now. Oh, no. Or, uh, or, or a number of other things that the government seems to be focused on. It's how much everything costs every time you get gas. I have a friend who mentioned uh, they were at the gas station yesterday. Getting diesel, walked in to pay and said, man, when's diesel going to go down? And the Middle Easterner behind the counter said, when is Biden going to go down? Oh, oh a shot from our immigrant friend. And uh, 
That I mean, that slaps you in the face right away. Is the the price and and it's impossible to not notice it. You know, incremental increases at the grocery store. You know, maybe if you're like my mom or other people, you you notice everybody. But it's it's got to be a pretty big jump for to catch my attention because I don't pay that much attention. But geez, your grocery bill, you get there, you buy a few things, sixty five dollars. What? I bought like four things. How's that possible? And right. I just put a hundred dollars worth of gas in my car. I'm broke for the week. What the hell? That's what's on everybody's mind. Well, if you had an issue like that, it's actually a bunch of interlocking issues, but if you had an issue like that and you had no idea what to do with it and or your policies, and you secretly know this, are probably making the problem worse, what would you do? Mm. I would claim there's a grizzly bear outside. He could eat us. <laughs> Look at the grizzly. What are we going to do about our grizzlies? We need a grizzly policy. This is like the ugly days of uh, Jim Grizzly. Yes. <laughs> you desperately try to distract the electorate. Maybe that's it. You might be right there. Uh, we need to officially start the show. Um before we go on with other things, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is How Did It Already Get to Be? Wednesday, January the 12th, the year 2022. New you in 22. We're Armstrong. Oh, yeah. We're Armstrong <laughs> and Getty, and we approve of this program. Uh, let's begin then officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go. The show begins at Mark. I did not walk in the shoes of generations of students who walked these grounds, but I walked other grounds. Because I'm so damn old, I was there as well. Yeah, that's kind of cute and self-effacing in the midst of trying to foist an unconstitutional plan to federalize elections on us and claiming that having people show their driver's license, which polls highly popularly, including among Democrats, claiming that that is the same as lynching people, burning them alive, and disenfranchising millions. That's obscene. If I were to drop a dozen F-bombs in a row and every other bit of verbal filth I could concoct. It wouldn't be a tenth as obscene as comparing making sure ballots are secure to the Jim Crow era. That's a horror. That shouldn't be allowed on the air. It is, and we've got to play uh, some of the highlights from uh, Joe Biden's speech yesterday, because it was, uh, as as Joe Scarborough said on Morning Joe today, I think he overshot the mark. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little. Oh, the other thing, I mentioned this yesterday that is causing, I think, the ennui around what I think is the real topic that most people are into is the combination of inflation and, you know, the economic stuff. It's just the the stores not having stuff. I I think that's doing something to our American soul. We're Americans. You expect to walk into the store and be, you know, surrounded by a, a, a plenty, abundance. Whatever, exactly. whatever you want right now, whatever brand of whatever you want right now at affordable price. Now it's either not there or it's how much? Hey, economy, what part of land of plenty do you not get? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The electronics aisle at Target is not the land of plenty. No. Of course, I can't tell if that's... Nobody wants that. That's why it's still sitting there. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> yeah, the, the couple of things that are left are so sad. Uh, nobody wants that. Go to the grocery store. Just want to get some humble veggie tables. And you end up saying to your spouse, hey, honey, do you want organic kumquats? That's all they got. It's horrible. You want Rice Krispies? They got some knockoff generic thing called crispy rice, but they don't have the Rice Krispies. All right. Well, whatever. What are you going to do? 
They've got Rice Krispies. They got a picture of, <laughs> of Governor Christie on the front, and they're bigger puffs, I guess, than Rice Krispies. That doesn't excite you. Chris Krispies. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Um, how does mail bag look? It's it's really good. I've had a semi-major computer slash uh, printer malfunction that I'm working on here and in concert with our engineers. I will tell you this, though, and this is very odd. I'm very calm about it. Normally, get, I get all angry and, and stressed and, and and such, but today I'm very placid. Good for you. And I don't know why. It's could, it could be because I got good news on the scale this morning. Oh, that could be it. I don't know. God, I had a thing on... A, uh, yeah, I'll throw this out here. I had a thing on Sunday where... It was Saturday or Sunday where my kids slept late, magically. It's like one of maybe the only time I can remember in the last 12 years where they both were still asleep at like uh, 745 in the morning. And I was up and I was by myself in the kitchen and I was drinking some coffee and the TV wasn't on and it was quiet and they were asleep. And I reached a level of like calm I did a little going through the things that I think about meditation, prayer stuff in the morning, everything like that, which I normally don't get to do or I do it while people are shouting for things. Um, yeah. And I had reached a level of calm and I thought, how do I hang on to this? I feel so good right now. I feel so good. How do I hang on to this? I feel like I'm on a beach in Maui. I've got friends who get up earlier than everybody else to allow themselves that 15, 20 minutes, half hour to, to get in that mindset. And I admire that. It's just I just am not built that way. I did that on weekends for a number of years when my kids were small, and it was sacred time. Yeah, Henry's been a get-up-at-4.30 guy pretty much his whole life, so you can't get up oh, yeah. earlier than him. <laughs> it's pretty much impossible. But I just, I just And you get, the, you get those moments of calm, and you think, this is what I want to hold on to. If I could just take this with me outside into the real world, this would be fantastic. <laughs> i got to memorize this. But, How does this feel? But the okay. first a-hole you run into, it all could... Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a hey, 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 golfers. Here's one for you. It's like trying to bring yesterday's swing to the golf course today. It just doesn't work. Oh, boy. Your brain isn't that way. Uh, we got more on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. An Irish pub is tired of hearing people talk about COVID, so they're fining customers. If you bring up COVID in their <laughs> pub, they'll fine you two euros. Don't hear that. Donate it to charity. <laughs> no talk about COVID in our bar. Shut up about it. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to hear about it. Speaking of which, I ventured over to NPR this morning to figure out uh, partly where is. All of the left's odd attitudes toward the Chinese bat fever coming from. And uh, sure enough, I got a pretty big dose of it right off the bat. can tell you about that a little bit later on. Also, believe it or not, believe it or not, here's a hint, believe it. I've come across a couple of really eloquent, fascinating, thought-provoking articles about January 6th. Oh, cool. The whole fracas at the Capitol. Awesome. I mean, everything doesn't have to be today, you know? The whole here-today-gone-today news cycle. Sometimes we need to contemplate things for a little while, say, five days. (laughs) You know, I was thinking about this. Uh, I guess it's the 12th, isn't it? Um, So... 
I was thinking, well, this stuff's brilliant and it's really interesting and it, it's for it's good for Americans to be thinking about. Blah, blah, but this is six days later. And then I start thinking, well, wait a minute. Yeah. If this is a constitutional crisis and an insurrection and the, 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 trying the souls of men, blah, blah, blah. Surely we get a week. <laughs> what a weird world this is. Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day. Uh, good morning, Rocket and Old Simple Jack writes, uh, Roy. Roy the Marine. Uh, these two quotes go together well, should be blasted to those uh, who act like the successful just got lucky. Luck has something to do with success, but you kind of make your own luck to some extent. But they're both from uh, Colin Powell. There are no secrets to success. It's the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure, said the general. And one more. A dream doesn't become reality through magic. It takes sweat, determination, and hard work. Thank you, General. That's disappointing. Thought it would Parade just... rest in peace, sir. Thought that would just ac- accidentally happen. I'm still waiting. Yeah, well, go ahead and wait. Mailbag! Woohoo! Yeah! Here's a nice note from Doug. We're moving my mother-in-law from California. I believe the ding, the Redding, California area. We're moving my mother-in-law to the panhandle of Texas. My plan to rent a U-Haul one way to move her stuff, then fly back. That was the plan until I got the price. To rent a U-Haul out of Cal Unicornia would have cost me $4,100 for the smallest truck. That's reasonable. Not to buy the truck, guys, to rent it. Yeah, you could buy a decent truck for that, or certainly a trailer that you could pull. So, that truck to leave California is $4,100. Guess what it is to come to California from Texas? 600 Almost exactly one-seventh of the cost. And the reason is so many people are leaving California. And that's that's a better statistic than practically anything else anybody else can use. Right. Or anything Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, can argue with. Still for. the land of dreams. People come to California to achieve. <laughs> it's the fact that it costs so much to try to find a U-Haul because so many people are leaving. Hilarious. There aren't any here anymore. Uh, on the topic of left and right COVID fear. Andrew writes, guys, really enjoyed the show. Listen to your discussion of the left's COVID delusions. I think it has to do with the simplest explanation uh, I've heard for the dichotomy between the left and the right. The right wants freedom to freedom to start a business, work hard, succeed financially, speak, etc. Feel freedom to try and fail and try again. The freedom to take risks. The left is the opposite outlook. The left wants and frequently says we want freedom from. Freedom from poverty, freedom from debt, freedom from hardships and needs, freedom from societal judgment. And freedom from COVID, the freedom from feeling unsafe. As George Will points out, we have reached peak societal decadence when we can whip up such fear and safetyism over a virus with almost no chance of killing 99% of the population that we're willing to spend trillions of dollars from generations of the future so we can shut down the economy and society and hunker down scared in our bedrooms for months and years on end. Uh, There's a lot of truth to that. I will tell you this. Uh, The Omicron, which is much less dangerous per case than, say, the Delta variant, is infecting so many people so quickly, we're getting close to our record hospitalization numbers again. Now, some of that's hospitalized uh, with COVID, yeah, but the serious case more More than some of it, though. If it's 50% in New York and two-thirds in L.A., how do I know what those statistics mean? 
it's very difficult to know. What I was about to say is I keep an eye on ICU cases because uh, that's really where the rubber meets the road. Because hospitalized with COVID is of no significance whatsoever. The other situation is, and this is this kind of brings us to the NPR thing I was listening to. What well, we don't really have time. Um, all the healthcare workers are getting set home if they have the Omicron, even though they're uh, triple vaxxed or whatever, and they're going to be perfectly fine. Um, and so we have terrible, terrible shortages of healthcare workers. I know and more teachers. I know more people with Omicron now than I have at any point during the pandemic. My niece has got it and is fairly sick as a college student. My son yesterday had a substitute teacher for like seventy five kids over a couple classrooms because they are low on teachers because of the freaking disease. Oh yeah. Teachers and janitors and bus drivers and, and you name it. Uh, I actually have a terrific email. We don't have time for it now from some beloved A&G listeners who live in France describing socialized medicine in France and what it's really like. Yeah, because it's coming to California. So we'll have that. Let's see. Well, that's that's another. Uh, here's, here's a family. Six of them got uh, Chairman Xi's bat fever over the Christmas time. Only one got an official government tax, the test. The other five didn't bother. They knew they had it. They were vaxxed. They didn't care. And so they pointed out the actual numbers of COVID, nobody has the slightest idea. True that. Joe Biden said some really, really, really over-the-top things yesterday. You'll hear him next. Armstrong and Getty. Hear me plainly. The battle for the soul of America is not over. We must stand strong and stand together to make sure January 6th marks not the end of democracy, but the beginning, a renaissance of our democracy. All right. So that's what just... Is, well, wait, what does January 6th have to do with uh, showing a legal id to vote so that doesn't get your juices going i realize we're just getting started here he's working up joe biden is working up in his speech yesterday some to saying some really over the top things like crazy over the top like maybe the most over the top thing anybody said outside of things trump said that, that i know of i don't know i think biden trumped trump i think the 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 clip we're leading up to maybe the single craziest assed thing any president has ever said i mean it is truly insane <clears throat> you I mean in, be... in public in, oh yeah in private not because lbj used to say to people hey follow me in the bathroom here i need to talk to you and then he would go in and uh, drop his pants and go in the stall and you had to stand there and listen to him talk <laughs> oh boy unpleasant duty at best yes duty exactly duty. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the president was giving a speech yesterday, and it was funny. I flipped on uh, the radio, I guess it was. Uh, I was just looking for news headlines, and I was uh, surprised he was speaking then. I thought it was going to be at a different time. And what struck me just listening to the audio was him holding forth in the speaking style of a fired-up Martin Luther King Jr. Or, or Jesse Jackson. He was really trying hard to get that whole delivery of the great civil rights leader. And behind him, you occasionally heard a... So I was at home, and so I, I went over and I flipped on the TV, and there he was at... Uh, 
uh, university in Atlanta. I can't recall which one. doesn't really matter in front of a bunch of mostly black kids um, who are kind of paying attention and trying to gin up a little enthusiasm there in their masks outdoors. Uh, but it fell pretty damned flat there. Um, so I think this is much ado about nothing, honestly. I think it's the Democrats desperately trying to keep black America in the corral of voting Democrat. Well, can we hear what he said, and then I will comment. Sure. Uh, you got a clip in mind? Uh, whatever you want. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, 41. Go ahead. Wait. And the bottom line is this. Wait, that's Kamala. 41 supposed children- to be Biden. Turn her off. Nobody wants to hear her. Is 41 not Biden? Children will ask us. It's Kamala. Right, try 42, then. I don't know. Place Last week, President Harris and I stood in the United <laughs> States Capitol. Wait, what? To observe one of those before and after moments in American history. January 6th insurrection on the citadel of our democracy. Today, we come to Atlanta, the cradle of civil rights, to make clear what must come after that dreadful day when a dagger was literally held at the throat of American democracy. Okay, he's building up, he's building up. Here we go. Here's a little more. The next few days, when these bills come to a vote, will mark a turning point in this nation's history. We will choose. The issue is, will we choose? Democracy over autocracy. Light over shadows. Justice over injustice. I know where I stand. I will not yield. I will not flinch. I will defend the right to vote. Our democracy against all enemies, foreign and, yes, domestic. Oh, well, interesting. You, you heard a president giving a speech about uh, light versus dark, good versus evil, democracy versus autocracy. You think, man, something's pretty big going on. But he wasn't even close to finish. Here we go. Here's the money shot, ladies and gentlemen. So I ask every elected official in America, how do you want to be remembered? At consequential moments in history, they present a choice. Do you want to be the side, the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is the moment to decide to defend our elections, to defend our democracy. I don't know how many of you are familiar with those historical figures, but... George Wallace, the uh, southern racist governor, uh, Bull Connor, the racist cop who unleashed uh, German shepherds and fire hoses on peacefully protesting uh, black young people who were just trying to get their uh, owed them rights. Well, and white people, too, on on Americans. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then, of course, the president of the Confederacy, Jefferson Davis. And uh, if so, if you're not for a federal takeover of elections unconstitutional that's who you are if you're in favor of showing a driver's license a legal id of some sort to vote which polls extremely high among democrats and republicans you are bull connor if you're not into federalizing all elections so that the federal government decides what your congressional districts are in your state well then you're jefferson davis 
If you think it's better to keep the system we've had for a quarter of a millennium, then you are evidently John Wilkes Booth, according to the president. (laughs) Good God, has he lost his mind? The problem with resorting to hyperbole that insane is there's nowhere to go from there. Right, and also there is the question of who is he calling Jefferson David? Who is he calling Bull Connor? Who is he calling George Wallace? Is he talking to Manchin and Cinema, the two Democratic... uh, Senators who are unwilling to go along with his plan to do away with the filibuster, and does he think that's going to sway them? Does he think that, or or has he just moved on? I don't have a chance here. I've moved on. Uh, I heard uh, John Heilman, who's a good um, reader of Democratic politics, he believes the speech yesterday was Joe Biden saying, "We're done. Build Back Better's over. Um, this voting rights thing is over. I've moved on to the the elections, the 2022 midterms. This is what I'm doing now. My speeches are about." Firing people up for the 22 elections. That's pretty good I've analysis. Turn the page. I think that's pretty solid. I think it probably is, too. I, I've got to tell you, though, the idea that uh, the constitutionally enshrined and, and you know hundreds of years in the making state control of elections, uh, which ensures, by the way, an autocracy, which the president uh, suggested would uh, could happen or was happening, that ensures it can't happen. It's it's a wonderful safeguard. The idea that if I'm in favor of that and showing some sort of ID to vote, or I'm against a campaign worker going to an apartment complex and harvesting hundreds of ballots and helpfully maybe filling those out for the folks, if I'm against that, I'm a domestic enemy of the people of the United States and the Constitution. That's what he said. And even though... I think Heilemann's right, Jack. It's, it's just moving on. He's given up, so he's trying to fire up the, the, the black folks to come out and vote Democrat as usual. Uh, that is an incredibly ugly thing to say oh, yeah, about your fellow Americans. We're at 11 on our politics, and we have been for a while. But the president, and we'll hear from Mitt Romney in a little bit, Republican senator, former candidate for president, who basically, he was defending the filibuster, which we're going to talk about in a second, but he basically is saying, you know, you ran as a uniter, you said you are going to try to bring us together and not divide us, and now, and now you've gone out of your way to divide us. I mean, that was maybe the most divisive speech in 150 years out of a president. I mean, it was just brutal. Unbelievable. Uh, and that voting rights stuff is stuff that the, the Democrats have wanted pre-January 6th, so the idea that it's January 6th that's driving this. Also, if you're really into the weeds on this, Yuval Levin, who is uh, one of the great conservative thinker writers in America, he wrote a great piece for the New York Times a couple weeks ago about how here's what we need to change about the way we count our electoral votes so that a vice president doesn't even have the opportunity to overturn an election. And smart Republicans and Democrats who aren't partisans agree that's what we need to do. That's what would stop anything like January 6th attempt from ever happening again. And that could be done. That would be an actual, but that doesn't get people fired up. No. Like uh, like this other stuff does. And it doesn't help one side or the other, particularly. Uh, well, which is what the Democrats are trying to do to try and help themselves. And what's worth throwing in, and I, I'm not sure if this is good news or bad news, but it didn't seem to fire anybody up, mm. that speech. It was so nakedly trying to whip up anger and hatred over nothing. Just people weren't buying it. God, calling people Bull Connor. A guy who releases German shepherds to bite little kids marching in the street for opposing legislation is just amazing. Um, 
And he went on to talk about the filibuster. That's the, do you need 50 votes to pass something in the Senate or 60? And he said, to protect our democracy, I support changing the Senate rules. Whichever way they need to be changed, prevent a minority of senators from blocking action on voting rights. So he's full on calling for eliminating the filibuster at this time. Of course, that's not what he believed not very long ago. Biden used to count himself in the camp of people who said, you've got to keep the filibuster. It's very important. In 2005, which is not that long ago, he declared in a Senate floor speech, a speech he deemed one of the most important of his career, that doing away with the filibuster via the nuclear option would eviscerate the Senate, upset the constitutional design, and do a disservice to our country. But on Tuesday, he not only reversed his own position, but tacitly compared Democrats and Republicans who continue to support the filibuster to segregationists. Right. That is a naked political ploy right there, man. Is he going to get away with it? I don't know. I don't think so. To the extent that people pay attention to this stuff, the people that are paying attention to this stuff have got to be holding their nose. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah, I, I certainly hope that's the reaction. Uh, you know, I need to scan some more of the coverage of it, but I, I just found it so ugly. Ugh. It it was it was a, a sad display, honestly, watching that live yesterday. Yeah, it was ugly, and just well, we'll do more of the Mitt Romney speech in favor of the filibuster a little bit later. But I just wanted to get this bit of Mitt Romney on from yesterday. I had the occasion to watch uh, President Biden as he spoke in Georgia uh, just a few minutes ago, and he said quite a number of things that simply weren't true. He also accused a number of my good and principled colleagues in the Senate of having sinister, even racist, inclinations. He charged that voting against his bill allies us with Bull Connor, George Wallace, and Jefferson Davis. So much for unifying the country and working across the aisle. That's the Mormon Mitt Romney equivalent of saying, you effing a hole. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and then Mitt Romney goes on to explain why the filibuster is so important for the minority to have power. That's what makes us unique as a country. That's what makes the unique the Senate unique in our entire system, where usually majority rules. And how obviously, if you do away with the filibuster, when the republic he he mentions his speech, the Republicans are likely to take back the House and the Senate this next time around. So they could immediately pass a you have to show an ID to vote thing. And then you won't be happy with that, will you? I mean, are you thinking ahead at all? Yeah, you know what? I think it's there's another layer of phony on top of it, though. I, I have a strong feeling that a lot of Democrats are saying, oh, God, I hope I hope we don't actually get the filibuster ended. I hope nobody goes for this. Because what we're doing, we're shouting and screaming to try to keep black folk voting Democrat. I'm tired um, of being quiet. The last thing in the world we want is for this to actually work. Well, there's no it's chance. It's an enormous bluff. There are at least six senators on the record democrats that say they're not going to vote for end in the filibuster six and probably others who would come out of the woodwork if it came down to it so it's not even close so so it gets to that clearly it was a political speech designed to fire up a certain crowd because he there, there's zero chance of what he was wanting to have happen happen which is a very cynical way to do politics man calling your opponents not just racists but like the three worst racists in the last 100 years yeah. 150 yeah. years if you're going to Jefferson Davis. Yeah, yeah, it's quite amazing. Uh, your opinion? You can text us anytime, 415-295-KFTC. we got some maddening COVID stuff. You want to be mad? No. <laughs> you know, I don't either. Yeah, you ever listen to Armstrong and Yeti? Oh, they make me so mad. 
I'm in a oh, good mood. A great show. I get in my car and I turn on, and then I'm mad the rest of the day. It's just <laughs> it's awesome. We got some non-mad <laughs> stuff. Promise you. Hang around. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The federal government has reportedly approved Facebook for hundreds of new patents over the last few months for augmented and virtual reality technology they've created. It's great for escaping this hellish actual reality, which they also created. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That is a pretty good joke. I need a new. I don't like the world. That's because Facebook ruined the world, and now they're giving you a virtual world that they'll also ruin. Oh, man, I was just reading a a history of Facebook's uh, fact-checking, how they paid a bunch of uh, people to be fact-checkers for various organizations, and they were young journalists who were working alone, and they could control the world's consumption of news. Individual, like 23-year-olds, we talked about this late in the show, and... And, and how often they got it wrong and how they never, ever said we got this wrong in a substantial way. Just crazy. Facebook evil. Some breaking news. The Fed chair is setting the stage for multiple rate hikes in 2022. Things are about to change. Moving up. Yeah, as predicted for the longest time. And it depends on what you're doing, what your situation is. When I was talking to my dad, who's a retiree. He said, I'd love it if, you know. Savings accounts, you know, things that gained interest uh, started going up. It's been at zero forever. Yeah, the problem is, though, it's in a response to inflation, which is going to oh, choke yeah. Yeah. Uh, his savings, ours, everybody's savings, and uh, and buying power as well. Got more on that coming up uh, to kick off hour two. Hour two, the amount of inflation that's out there, which uh, most polls show is the number one issue Americans are actually focused on, Note, not voting rights bills or... Rand Paul versus Anthony Fauci, which we've got to play a little of that later. They got to fight. I mean, at this point, you pretty much have to put them in a ring with some gloves, you know, raise money for charity and let them duke it out. Isn't they... Fauci like five foot six and 80 years old? And? Well, <laughs> well, and I'm not a monster. I don't want to see seniors beaten to death. Hmm? You got to handicap that somehow. Rand's got to tie one hand behind his back. There Um... Speaking of politicians, Boris Johnson is the Prime Minister of England. He's got uh, unusually blonde hair for a man his age, and he doesn't comb it. But a video came out of him partying with no mask during the darkest of lockdowns in London, in Great Britain during the pandemic. If, if If you weren't following at the time, Great Britain locked down in ways that we didn't even dream of. I mean, even our lock, our lockdowns were too much for me, but Great Britain and like a lot of other countries went way further than that. And uh, there he was partying with his mask off. Video came out and he apologized today. And though I cannot anticipate the conclusions of the current inquiry, I have learned enough to know that there were things we simply did not get right. And I must take responsibility. Yes. You tussle-haired idiot, what, I say. What were those words? I don't even know what he just said. I had to end it of no <laughs> consequence. Good I don't Lord. know what he just said. But, but we've seen this so many times at this point. Whether it's Gavin Newsom with his early dinner, or, you know, whoever... Gretchen tra- Whitmer's husband, or, a thousand, or AOC in Miami this week. Right. We've that seen, was an example. We've seen this so many times at this point. 
it, it just seems to be human nature that, and I don't know, I'm not sure what's going on there. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you think they're completely phony about their concern about COVID, or do they all just think it doesn't apply to me because I'm different than the people? Like There's they, part of that. Like, they mean it for the people, the regular people, but they just feel like I'm different, and I'm going to hang out in different places, and my was, friends wouldn't have COVID, so I don't need to wear a mask. I think that's definitely an element in the equation. I also think they figure, look, it's a numbers game. So to keep COVID at bay, or at least to keep it from washing over humanity and, and ruining everything, we need the vast majority of people to be uh, safe and cool and, and conservative in their actions and the rest of it. Now, I have this very special occasion that I've been looking forward to, whether it's spending time with family or friends or a staff party or whatever, and, and we're just going to go ahead and roll the dice because there's just uh, 15 of us here and it's not that big a deal. The problem is... The rest of us, we feel joy and family the same way you do. And we're all going to make those decisions, and to pretend otherwise is stupid. Everybody's going to make a decision based on their self-interest and the perceived threat. Kind uh, of we're all human. We all fall short sometimes. <laughs> kind of kind of go in a different direction. You know, Trump has been pretty open about him getting vaccinated, including getting booed at some of his own rallies when he talks about he got both the shots and he got the booster he announced recently and got some attack. He came out yesterday and said, politicians who won't say whether they've been vaccinated are gutless. And I saw Tim Sandifer, who couldn't hate Trump more, retweeted that, liked it. Yeah, politicians who won't say whether they've been vaccinated because they're afraid of offending one side or the other are gutless. I agree with Trump on that. Yeah. What I learned listening to NPR this morning will shock you. Stay with us or grab the podcast later. Armstrong and Getty.